0: Welcome to the Ladies Who Lead podcast. I'm your host, S.K. Vaughn. This is a community of women supporting women. Every other Thursday, tune in to hear from ordinary ladies doing extraordinary things. We'll cover topics like diversity and inclusion, gender pay gap, and respect in the workplace. We wanna celebrate with you and hear stories of success and hard lessons learned. Whether you're a lady who leads in the boardroom, or a lady who leads in your community, this is the place for you. So buckle up girlfriend, let's do this. As a business person, Delphine Carter noticed that a broader talent pool was needed for businesses to be successful. As a mom, she realized that having a career and being a caregiver was more exhausting than it should be. And it wasn't just her feeling this way. There were hundreds of mothers in her community with valued skills wanting to work, but only able to if it looked a little bit different. In 2019, Delphine founded Bulo Solutions to educate businesses on the value women bring to a team and how offering flexibility can attract top talent without sacrificing company goals. Bulo, now generating over $1 million in revenue, helps women stay in and return to the workforce by matching them with flexible job opportunities. In addition to building BULO, Delphine finds herself on a ridiculous number of athletic fields supporting her two children's passions. I'm so honored and excited to welcome Delphine Carter to the podcast. All right, well, I'm so excited to be here with Delphine. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: Doing well. So I always start the podcast off with "How are you surviving and thriving this week?" So I'll go first while you're thinking through that. And so, how am I surviving this week? Well, um, we in my household just got over COVID not too long ago, and we're we're in the clear now. And then, how am I thriving this week? Well, good news! I was very excited; I got promoted. Uh, when I got back from my trip. And so now I'm in charge of all of the marketing strategists on our marketing team. And so I get to work with the most brilliant minds. There's five of them and they make me (laughs) way smarter than I look and uh, test me and stretch me beyond in ways that I haven't even thought about. And so I'm just really excited about kind of kicking off this new year with an incredible team and just really blessed and excited to kind of get things rolling. So that's how I'm surviving and thriving this week. What about you, Delphine?
1: That is so good. First off, I want my next thriving to be about Scottsdale. So I have to pick your brain about that. But um, so I've got an 11 and a 14 year old and they're into sports. Well, what happens when spring kicks off and winter sport ends is there's this whole new schedule that happens and basically kind of blows up your entire world for about a good month. So, um, I'm just surviving and doing what I can to get my kids where they need to be. I'm leaning on women in my community, trying to help out other moms and then keeping my work commitments. Um, and we had a big, uh, we've had a big couple weeks. We added six people to our team and we, um, blended another company into us. We brought on their team and their clients and their members. So I'm surviving all of that change, but you know, some of that stuff leads right into the thriving, knowing that our company's growing, that we can serve more women and reach our goals. Um, It feels great to be able to get there. And I made a new year's resolution to not look into the fog of the future. So I've got a really bad habit of trying to predict what's going to go wrong in the future. And I can end up on an amazing hamster wheel. And so new year's resolution was to not look into the fog. And so Um, I feel like that's really helped me just deal with the changes of the past two weeks.
0: Wow. That's impressive. I I can also relate. I think sometimes we can get so far into the future. We just forget to be present. So good for you. And it's, it's great to hear that your team is growing and that your family's doing well. And I'm just excited for you in this new year and this new season. Thank you. Yeah. So tell us, you know, kind of give us a little bit of background. Like what have you learned along
1: the way? So I think I am like the majority of women. So two out of three women have a nonlinear career. And that's my story. I came out of college with a degree in French and psychology, which really translates to nothing. And so I just, you know, I went into sales. I was in marketing. I was in product. And then finally, I landed a dream role in um, product software. And that's where I figured out what I was really good at, which was seeing a problem, working with a team to come up with a solution, market it out there, launch it, and then just keep it evolving. And it that was the most fulfilling. I felt like it brought together everything I'd learned in my nonlinear career. And um, just in growing up, I moved around a good bit. I moved about every four years. I lived overseas until high school. And so I think all of those experiences that don't look great on paper, because people just can't make a cohesive story out of it, uh, made me into somebody who wanted to tackle the problem of helping women stay in and return to the workforce.
0: I love it. I love that. So you're also a, a credible, incredible business owner. So tell us a little bit more about Bulo and what really
1: inspired that. Yeah. So women, mostly mothers, they end up leaving the workforce because their job lacks flexibility. They're not seeing a ton of career progression. And so they start thinking if I'm giving up time with my kids, but I'm not feeling professionally fulfilled, um, why am I staying? And then they also lack a lot of professional support. So we, Bulo, helps parents stay in and return to the workforce by matching them with flexible jobs and now with this new growth, we're able to start building the additional support systems to help women reach their purpose the way that they define it. So I think um, you know it's kind of a 1980s story about the woman with the big shoulder pads, like, like bulldogging her way to the C-suite. I don't know that that's really the path that a lot of um, people define like they used to. I think now very much after COVID too, people define their careers, what is their, what's fulfilling and makes them feel like committing this amount of time in a day is worth it. Um, and so I was inspired to create Bulo because I saw too many carpool geniuses that felt like they were missing a whole side of themselves because they couldn't get an interview to save their lives. And then I, as a hiring manager at work, I would have killed to have these women on my team, but their resumes never made it to my inbox.
0: now that's incredible. And it's funny that you mentioned the whole 1980s approach with the padded shoulders, you know, I, it cracks me up because I envision one person in my career that is very much that individual, but it checks out, you know, in terms of the experience and the path that she had. But I think you're totally right when it comes to a career path, they're not all linear. So in your opinion, kind of what are some common misconceptions about a typical career path? And and what does it look like now as we're continuing to evolve and grow, especially after the pandemic?
1: I mean, I think it's it's the conception that they should be linear, that you should start off in your example, your perfect world would have been you graduated from um, a school in marketing, you come out and you're a marketing associate, and then you do you dabble in maybe growth marketing and then go into social and you've got this career progression all in marketing. Um, and I think, you know, you're, you're, you stay with a company for three years, four years, plus it's this story that's been created over time. And I think now um, the standard career path is n- not, um, you know, gaps in scenic routes, I think now we're coming to a place where we can start explaining what that, what you did during that gap and that it's valuable that you learned something during that time that actually will make you more successful in that next round. It doesn't mean that you failed in your career because you took this other route and wanted to test out being an account manager, potentially. It's that you learned something from that and you're going to bring it back to whatever your next is. Um, and also that a successful career means hitting the C-suite. That's not for everybody. There's a lot of people who are amazing individual contributors and are game changers at a company. And not everybody should end up in a manager role and, you know, kind of do this whole little traditional leadership path. So I, those are the misconceptions to me. COVID released a lot of that because people felt the freedom of, you um, of really standing up for themselves, balancing their personal lives while it was all falling apart at home. Um, and I think that gave them the freedom to own their career the way they want it. Yeah.
0: Well, I have the question. So how is Bulo addressing kind of the gaps in in the resume and how, what does it mean to really be able to like create a profile with Bulo and kind of walk us through that process a little bit, because I think that's an important piece that a lot of people don't understand or aren't doing well to help get women back into the workforce in a, in a meaningful and fulfilling way.
1: Yeah. So, and it's interesting. So we've got a you, you come onto our platform and you start this onboarding process and it's meant to give you the, to help you form the words of um, what you've been doing without a timeline of jobs and responsibilities. So when you go through the onboarding profile, you start giving examples of when you've um, exhibited leadership. And that can be in your community as part of the PTO. It can be as just being a peer at church. It could be there's so many ways that you can show leadership not in a traditional office setting. And so you give an example of leadership, of when you took an initiative, of when you exhibited execution and influence and teamwork and innovation. And those six hallmarks are the soft skills that every hiring manager is really trying to get at when they um, are interviewing somebody. So our thought was these women's resumes are struggling to make it to the hiring manager So let's create this profile. We call it a 360 degree profile that removes all doubt and almost minimizes the resume so much that it's pointless. And so we put this 360 degree as a cover to the resume. It it talks about the toughest challenge you've had, your greatest accomplishment, examples of learning new tech. And then the hiring managers feel like they've already had that first interview and it kind of catapults you. Past any of the bias that was there. Um, And the process can be tough, right? Like it's not easy to come up with ways that you've been an influence. But if you take the time to do it, we give, we tell people about 30 to 45 minutes. You can save it and come back. Once you have those words, Even if you don't find a job through VULO, you now have the words to explain what your value is. But what's really interesting, SK, is there's a lot of women that we meet who have been in the same job for a while that have forgotten how to explain who they are. They've forgotten their elevator pitch and their value. Um, And so it helps both sides of the equation. Yeah. It can be really hard to sit in front of somebody and a little bit
0: daunting to then try to pitch yourself and sell yourself. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable. And especially when you've been out of the game for a little bit of time for various reasons, I'm sure that's something that is an added benefit to have more of a well-rounded representation of who you are as not only a professional, but an individual. So that's a a lot.
1: Yeah, there's a great study. It's the Bright House study, and it's a um, they do it every year. It's incredibly well-researched and well-executed. And they found that employees really value the traits of a mother in a leadership team. And so we gather as much information as we can to help companies understand and help educate them as to why having a mom on the team is valuable and why offering flexibility is really a no-brainer. And that can be flexibility in hours, in location, or in their culture, just being a caregiving culture. And I think sometimes people just need to be reminded that it's not like this linear linear resume thing doesn't tell you that much about the person. Uh, They just, the hiring managers just need to be reminded sometimes. Yeah, that's a great point.
0: So speaking of motherhood, working full-time, part-time, whatever that looks like for different individuals, how do you personally balance being an entrepreneur, mom, and a leader? And I have to ask, is mom guilt really a thing? Oh, um, so my response to
1: that is just guilt is the real thing. <laughs> um, I feel guilty about the work I'm supposed to do when I leave to get my kids. I feel guilty about asking another mom to take my kids because I have a work meeting. I feel guilty that I can't solve all of my team's problems or that I'm pushing them really hard. And so guilt is just really guilt is the biggest crux in the middle of all of that. And so the answer to your question about how do I balance it is I got a therapist.
0: (laughs) So really having
1: somebody to help talk through all of that guilt. And so the first thing she told me was to, to quit shooting all over myself. And when she first said that, I was like, excuse me, hang on. But she was (laughs) like, all of the should, all of this time that you're spend regretting the decision that you just made, I should have taken my kids. I should have gone to that meeting. I should have done more work to take pressure off my team. You can't do that to yourself. And it's like, it's an exponential layer of stress. So today I choose to do this meeting. And tomorrow I choose to take my kids to get ice cream. So it's a daily choice where we have to pick what needs to be done for that day. And you just have to commit to that choice and not look back. And so that's how, I mean, I think it's an hour by hour balance potentially, but the key is just to not look back and feel good about your decision. And I think your instincts tell you when you've over gone to one side potentially Um, and just trusting your instincts and not overthinking it. So, back to that looking in the fog,
0: yeah, definitely. And it's so funny because I mean, I'm not a mom, so I can't speak to that part of things, but really trying to find a true balance in life, I think, is just the biggest gimmick. Because I think there's days when you're like, wow, I'm a really great wife, or wow, I'm a really great friend, but that same day you're like, man, I really, (laughs) I really fudged that last meeting, like that was terrible, you know. So, I think that there's this idea of a perfect balance, I think it starts with having a little bit of grace for yourself too. And understanding that you're not going to be a hundred percent, all things all the time. So, um, I can, I can understand this feeling of shoulda, coulda, woulda it's at the end of the day, you're, you're one person and you, you only have capacity for so much. Um, so I'm glad that you you pointed that out.
1: Yeah. And we are one person, but we're multidimensional. And so as, by definition, we've got different things that drive us and that please us, and you can't feed all of those at the exact same time of every single minute, right? Like, I guess maybe there's somebody who's got that in their life, and I mean, they are need to figure out what they're doing. But when we've got all these sides of us that want to be a good wife, that want to get a promotion, but you also want to go hang out with your friends and have a really great time, it's tough to arrange all those to where you feel like you're giving them equal value.
0: Definitely. Um, and speaking of kind of, kind of some advice in life stages, you know, if you could give your 18, 25 and 35 year old self, any advice, you know, what would it be? Um, and how would that advice be different per life stage?
1: Uh, I think what I, what I literally learned in January, which is the quit trying to control the unknown. If I'd known that at 18, 25 and 35, I don't think that would have changed per life stage. I don't think. And maybe I should think through that a little bit longer. But I think if I was 18, I wouldn't have worried so much about the impact of some of these decisions and think through what the what the future hurdles are gonna be. I think even at 25, you're coming out of, you know, you're probably your first job and you're trying to figure out what's next and. Are you wanting to get married and start a family or just be married or just travel? You know, all of these decisions weigh so heavily. I feel like there's almost like a 20s crisis. And it's if you just kind of take, um, you don't borrow trouble, I guess, in a way and look too far into the future, I think you can live potentially a more fulfilled life. I mean, this— granted, it's been a month, but it's felt really good to not keep spinning on what could happen in the future. But it's key to remember too, I think you can still have a long-term vision as an 18 year old of what your career should be or how you wanna plan your education without spinning on the problems that might cross your path.
0: Mm, I get that completely. And I think the 20s crisis is a thing. <laughs> I think I've just been going through it for several years. I don't know how long that lasts, but um, I can I can testify that it's ongoing. So COVID buys you an extension. <laughs> Maybe so. I'll take that. I'll take it. So speaking of just kind of the pandemic in the past several months, you know, what factors do you think are helping to create an increase in the labor shortage, especially in the past, you know, six, seven months?
1: Yeah, well the first thing I'll say is it's not because people don't want to work. So I, I I'm a very typically like live and let live person but I was in Publix the other day and there's a gentleman behind me and you know the Publix person said, "Did you find everything you could?" and I said, "Yes, you guys are stocking the shelves. You're amazing. Thank you so much. I know it's tough right now." And the guy was like, "Yeah, nobody wants to work." And I turned around and was just and I said, I think a lot of people want to work and there was a lot of barriers right now to getting back in. And one of the biggest ones um, that I, I just, we hear repeatedly and I'm sure affected some of those women in publics who are working is childcare. The cost of childcare is exorbitant and has increased the availability of childcare, especially where you and I are, there's a ton of childcare deserts. Um, 40% of child cares across the US shut down, which means there's massive waiting lists. So there's, there's a massive number of women who are trying to figure out what do I do with my child where I feel safe and um, that I can afford. It makes sense for me to go back to work. I think there's also a sense of classism that COVID's potentially highlighted. So as a server, you're the one that has to wear a mask, but where we live, You know, you don't have to wear a mask in a restaurant right now. First responders, they must be available for everybody else, but the rest of the world can kind of work from home. Um, I think it's, I read a study that 60% of remote workers make over hundred K. And I think customer support, for example, they've got to come into the office but they see the leadership team is able to work from home. So I think it kind of creates a general, wait, why am I doing this job? So there's people that have retired early. There are people who have potentially gone back to school to learn something new so that they are not relying on being a server um, or customer support. So I think there is some upskilling that's going on, Uh, but it's really, I guess, tsunami of factors.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think there's been a lot of barriers, like you said, to people actually getting the job that they're wanting, right? I think everyone reflected and took a step back during COVID and said, what do I want? Like what, what is going to fill me up? And, you know, a lot of, a lot of um, employers are doing really creative things to provide job satisfaction that other traditional jobs and job markets aren't willing to do. Um, And I know that that's, that's costing people the ability to want to go back into a traditional office setting, especially when you can have it all essentially remote, if that's, if that's your back. Now, some people love being in the office and love that structure. And I think it just depends on the individual, but I can definitely see that contributing to an increase as well.
1: Yeah, I was at a, doing a workshop with some um, fellow CEOs with biz- a variety of businesses, but all either startup or a small business. And we were all trying to figure out what is the answer to what's next. We are 100 percent remote. We're committed to staying 100 percent remote. It was, It's what works for us. But for some of them who have these teams that are, um, there are people who want to be in, you know, they're salespeople who are naturally gregarious and they really want to talk to people and have that conversation. And then there's developers that think I keep getting disturbed in the office and I can't put my head down and execute. So I'm more efficient at home. It's figuring out how are you, how do we solve for all of that and still um, leave no one behind? Definitely.
0: So when you look back on your life, you know, what do you hope to accomplish? Like, what do you hope your legacy will be?
1: There's this, when I, when I started Bulo, there's this thing that kept going through my head. Um, and it was like, it was one of those points in my life. There was, I'm a single mom. I was just getting divorced at that time. Um, there was a lot that was happening and I was just trying to figure out my purpose. I've got, um, now, every other week, I don't have my kids. What do I do with that time? And all of a sudden, the words that kept going through my head was generational change, is, is have an impact on this world through my kids, through just being a human that creates a generational impact. So it's not just affecting today, but it's affecting the future. It's raising good kids that will give back to the world. It's just thinking through my actions in a way that's a little bit bigger than just the here and now. And that's part of BULO too. There are studies that say that daughters of moms that don't work um, are financially more insecure and struggle to have a career, a rewarding career as well. And there's tons of reasons that people can think, think through behind it, but we've got 95% of women who, who say they want to return back to work in some capacity, but can't get there. And so with Bulo, I just, I want, I want to be able to impact, um, generations of women. And so one of our visions or our vision is to have a 1% impact on the number of women in the workforce by 2030.
0: Wow. Big goal. I love it. It's a b hag, big hairy, and <laughs> hey, that's what goals big are hairy for.
1: Audacious goal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. I love that. And so, in thinking about you know the future in Bulo, um, you had to start from the very beginning. And I'm glad that you kind of spoke a little bit about that throughout. You know, growing this business and believing in this vision, even when it was just a team of one or two. Um, what was the most surprising lesson that you learned along the way?
1: It's surprising. I don't know if it's surprising as much as I just wasn't good at it. Potentially it was leaning on others. So I think, um, I, it was not good at reaching out to people for help. And what I learned was when I reached out to people for help, they were, as equally happy and willing, and they felt fulfilled helping as I do when I help someone else. It's funny, you can help others and feel really great about it, but then you're like, I don't want to bother SK. She's got all this marketing knowledge and I don't wanna bother her. But then I realized when when you reach out and you ask people for help, they will connect you with the right people. All of these doors start opening and unfolding And that's really how you create, um, that's really how you get to where you want to be is by not relying on just yourself. It's finding an incredible team. It's reaching out to the right people and saying, I need help. Teach me. I'm willing to learn. Teach me.
0: Yes. Ah, this gave me chills. I love it. (sighs) I just think that that's so important. I think community is everything leveraging other people's brains because we can't imagine all the possibilities or all the ways to solve the problem. And so I think it's it's a hard lesson though, especially when you love something so much and you you've built this thing and you're so proud. But it's it's your it's kind of like your baby in a way. It's hard to let go and, and let other people step up in ways that um, you need it. But I think delegating and leaning on your community is an incredible lesson to learn along the way. I, I know it's not easy though.
1: Yeah, it's not easy at the start, but once you start realizing, whoa, this is pretty good. (laughs) But you always have to get back.
0: Yes, pay it forward. I I had a great conversation with someone today and we were just sitting there drinking some kombucha because I'm trying to be cool these days and it's great. (laughs)
1: Love kombucha. uh, Yeah,
0: better kombucha. This is your your shameless plug right now. Great stuff. Check it out. Love Nancy. But we were just sitting there talking and talking about paying it forward and talking about the difference between being um, kind versus just being a nice person. And what does it truly mean to be kind? It, it Basically, the definition that we came to was genuinely giving of yourself to other people and, and wanting oh gosh, to connect to others. And it was just such a beautiful conversation. And it was just, and she's also a, a female-led business owner. And it was just an incredible conversation that we had today. And it just reminded me of, the need for community and the need for just lifting each other up.
1: You know what? I think our community here in this city is, is so good about that. Hands down, hands down. I
0: cannot agree more. And, you know, we can't simply go out on our own. We can't simply just survive by ourselves. Like I really do think that we were meant to be in community with one another and meant to lift each other up and to support each other. And I think, you know, gone are the days of the table not being big enough, or the pie, or whatever you want to use as, as your own personal mental image. But I think we grow when we allow other people to pull up a chair at the table. Like that is my big thing: is making space for other women and supporting them in their dreams, in their career. And I think that's a huge piece of what Bulo is doing too. Um, and so it's incredible when you can make more space for diversity for, um, different perspectives and people who've had completely different experiences because that mom who's raised four kids under the age of, you know, however old they were at the time, like that is a feat in and of itself, you oh know,
1: like,
0: <laughs> you deserve that gold medal. I <laughs> love
1: oh, um, it. You know, I mean, seeing a mom get four kids, eight places, like FedEx has nothing on most, most, moms, but I agree with you. i I think we've come out of, especially as females, of a place of the scarcity mindset. So, you know, there's that whole, you can even see it on some of these TV shows. You you want to be the best looking girl in the room, the skinniest, the best hair, the whatever. Like there is this scarcity mindset almost in female behavior for a really long time. that I think is going away where it's let's help each other be beautiful inside and out and successful and the more of us that are there the more we help each other shine. Exactly, exactly.
0: And I I think that's the next big step in the conversation. I think we're getting there, but I think it's a series of conversations making people see, feel seen, heard, and valued and supported in their role. Because when people act that way, it's it's out of insecurity, like you said scarcity, and the more we can provide opportunities for people to step into their true, true passion, true role. I think everyone shines in that way. What is next for, um, for you and for the team?
1: Oh my goodness. Okay. So 2022 is huge for us, especially after we just grew our team and the number of members and clients. Um, and so, um, there's an incredible person that joined the team and with, you know, this goes back to handing things off and and feeling confident about a wonderful person taking over some of the things I was responsible for. It now frees me up to build the um, technology that provides the support systems for women where they can be guided towards the purpose that they've set for themselves. So if they wanna be director of a nonprofit or a grant writer, we'll be able to use all of the data that's out there to guide them towards the reskilling that they could need to get to that goal and how to access that skilling. Or if you're looking for a coach, who's the best coach for you? There was a lot of coaches out there, and I always found it really difficult to figure out who is the right person for me. And if we can help narrow that down for people based on, you know, what are the goals that they have, how do they best communicate? um, I think we could really help women feel completely supported. So BULO is not going to only help you find a job that fits your purpose, but we will provide the guidance that's needed to make sure they get hired for that job. I love that. And I think that's a big gap in
0: a lot of people's aspirations is like, I see what I want to be. How do I get there? How do I grow? How do I develop? Is it just solely on the individual to find that that personal and professional development, or is that what mentorship's really about? And and what are some creative ways you can leverage technology to help you
1: with that? And I think that's incredible. You know, it's only under the umbrella of a larger company do you get career pathing advice, and that's typically under their structure that's existing. There are not many places where you can get any advice on how to reach what you want, and that's what we hope to offer. That's incredible.
0: So the last question I have to ask this, it's one of my favorite questions to ask because I think everyone has a different answer and that's what I love about it. How would you define success for
1: yourself, Delphine? Oh my gosh, I'm actually gonna steal your words. I think it's, was I a nice person? I always tell my kids, my entire job is to make sure that I don't raise a turd. Like I want to <laughs> raise a good human. And so like, I guess if I, am on my last breath. And I, and I look back and I say, Delphine, I think you were kind. Um, I'm good with that. That feels good. That feels really good. Actually. I love that definition that you gave. It's not being nice. Nice is good. Nice is good. But it's, was I kind? Did I, did I give more than I took? I love that. That's great
0: well now it's time for the leading ladies we love rapid fire game it's our favorite point in the podcast to get excited delphine
1: (laughs) this is i'm truly gonna fail this one because i'm so bad with names
0: but we're gonna go for it yeah this is a test don't worry no pressure (laughs) so the leading ladies we love is a rapid fire game um i'll take turns so i will list out adjectives and then i want you to think of um, someone a female who is just killing it, who's doing amazing work that really describes that adjective. Just one or two sentences about each uh, lady that you mentioned, and we'll keep it rolling. Are you ready? Yep. All right. First word is bold. Mm, I've
1: got this one. Felix, uh, Allison Felix. Uh, so she was, she's an Olympian, a track star. She was with Nike when she got pregnant. They pulled her... Um, sponsorship, I guess they quit paying. They wanted to quit paying her because she was pregnant and wasn't running. And so she really fought back, um, and stood up to Nike, which how incredible is that? And then not only did she do that, but then she created a scholarship for women who were in the, I guess it was 2021 Olympics where they could, um, bring, make sure they had childcare for their kids while they were at the Olympics. Oh, that's incredible.
0: Next adjective is encouraging.
1: Okay. These are good. Um, okay. So I'm probably going to totally butcher her name, but it's Indra Noy. So she was the Pepsi CEO. She talks about the sacrifices that she made as a mom to get to be CEO. And she talks about how her daughter was only allowed to like get certain snacks. And so her assistant would answer the phone and say yes or no and all the stuff. And she's like, you know what? I, I don't think I was around. I was present for my kids. I think if you ask them how they felt, they felt isolated. And so she is now sharing as somebody who got all the way to the top and asking leaders to not make other women forced into that position to where they have to choose between the two. Mm. And I think that's really inspiring. Somebody who's made it all the way and now is saying, I did it wrong and I need you guys to listen.
0: Wow, oh, wow, that's powerful.
1: Next word is leader. Um, There's a, I'm gonna name somebody on my team actually. Oh, nice. I've got a team lead who is over our uh, BDR, so business development, her name's Tracy Aston Martin. And she is one of the strongest leaders that I've absolutely ever met. She's got an intuition about what they need to hear while still growing them and developing them. Um, She can be kind while still uh, having those hard conversations. And if you don't have the hard conversations, you're not kind as a leader, actually. So she's just a really, just a natural born leader. Really incredible. Oh, I wholeheartedly agree. Love that. Next word is genuine. I think my definition of genuine is people that are willing to share the good and the ugly, like when they've had a great day. And then they're also able to give you a picture of what the couch looks like without the cushions, you know. Um, (laughs) So can I make a general to all the women out there on social media that are willing to share not just the Easter picture, but also the torn down curtains and the burnt chicken fingers. I love it. We were showing both sides, like show the truth uh, so that everybody realizes what normal looks like, what truly living looks like actually. Yeah, definitely. The last word is creative. Uh, So I read recently about a woman named Casey Bailey, who is the current poet laureate for Birmingham. And so I was really proud that somebody local in a smaller kind of mid-sized city in America um, got that award. And and her poetry is beautiful and inspiring at the same time. And I find poetry to be somewhat difficult sometimes. Mm -hmm. But once I'd heard about her accomplishment, I started reading it. And she, um, yeah, she's really impressive incredibly creative and um so good that she got Birmingham on the map. wow that's awesome well that's the
0: end of the leading ladies we love rapid fire game great job well it has been so much fun catching up with you Delphine thank you so much for sharing your insight your heart for what you were doing it's incredible uh story to watch play out and I'm just very very inspired by all the good that you're doing
1: but I'm so impressed with your promotion. I love it. I respect the company a ton for promoting you in that way. And, um, God, I just wish you the best. You're going to shine. Oh, well, thanks. Before we head out, what is your shameless plug? How can
0: our listeners find you?
1: Yeah. So shameless plug is, um, create your 360 degree profile. Come onto our platform, go to bulosolutions.com talent. Start creating your profile and it will help you come up with a word so that you can explain your value past your resume. Um, Once you're in our system, we'll start matching you with job opportunities. Or if you're a business owner listening right now or a leader in your organization, start championing for women and um, post a role with us for an opportunity. We do part-time, full-time and contract roles. So just go to bulosolutionscom client And um, reach out and we'll help you find your talent in about seven to 10 business days.
0: Thank you so much. And I wish you all the best. I know this is just the beginning for you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ladies Who Lead podcast. Looking for another way to engage with the Ladies Who Lead podcast? Check out our Instagrams and our show notes at Who Lead. And don't forget to check out our website, www.thelazeyoulead.com. Until next time, I'm S.K. Vaughn.